Thanks for tuning in to the Crew at UGA podcast. We are so glad to have you with us. Crew exists to call students to know God, grow in their faith, and go to the world. If you would like to get more connected with Crew at UGA, or if we can help you in any way at all, go to the show notes and click on the link, or follow us on Instagram at Crew at UGA. All right, let's get started. squad representing that's great hello everyone um if you're new here um you may be thinking who is this guy where has he been um i'm kyler i'm a staff member here um at crew and uh, i have been on a wonderful adventure called paternity leave which has been super fun and so this is my kid look at that little guy that's that's my son uh chip collins um he is uh he's about 11 weeks so uh, I've been spending a lot of time with him, but, um, but I, I'm glad to be back. Like I said, I'm on staff, and uh, it's, it's great to be back just in the swing of things, even though we're here um, tonight. You know, we usually meet in um, Memorial Hall if you're new, but welcome if you're a first-timer. Um, just a note here, um, if y'all remember, right behind this wall is a giant bell that people like to ring. It's super fun. Who's rang the bell themselves? Yeah, it's super fun. Um, but just during tonight, if you hear a gong, it's just the bell. Uh, I know when I was first here, I was like, what is that noise? And it's just the bell. But, uh, but that's, that's here. So tonight, we're going to be continuing our series called Gifts of God, uh, which essentially the point of the series is to talk about um, some of the gifts that God has chosen to give us uh, to use and to enjoy. Um, but like we've talked about the first week when Alan introed it for us, the purpose of all of these gifts are really to help point us to God himself as the ultimate giver of these good gifts. And so tonight we are going to be um, continuing in that and I'm going to be talking about the gift of time. The gift of time. Time, it's a very interesting construct, right? I mean, just on Sunday we had daylight savings. What is that about? Can that just go away? It was just it's so annoying. Um, but we're talking about the gift of time. Have you ever thought about time as a gift? Have you ever thought about time as a gift from God? Because it, it's not tangible, right? Like some of the other um, gifts we've talked about, you can point to those. You can point to alcohol. You can point to sex. But you can't really point to time. Um, but yet we experience time every day. Uh, we know it to be real um, and so um, tonight we're going to just talk about how it's a, actually a gift, um, a gift of God. But before we open the Bible and talk about this gift, I just want to um, talk to you. I want you to consider your life as a college student, specifically as it relates to time. And so have you ever seen this diagram? You ever seen this diagram? I remember when I, was in, when I came to school as a freshman, I think it was my orientation leader that said, Hey, listen, this is college. Get ready. You can't have all three. You can only pick two. This is the college experience. And I was like, okay, great. Buckle up. Here we go. Like, I, I guess I'll, I'll have to choose. Uh, I, I don't really know. But, but um, some of you may resonate with that and be like, oh, yeah, I definitely experienced that. But granted, this is pretty simplistic, right? There's, there's got to be more to, to life than just this. And so here's another diagram. I found this online of your typical college student. So you see, there are way more categories in this diagram. Uh, You may resonate with some of these. And uh, you may think, oh yeah, this is life. This is my life. This is how I spend my time. I try to juggle everything and uh, and, and make these categories fit into my college experience. 
But then I found a third option, which may describe you as well. It's the same as the first, but it says, you attempt to do everything until stress takes over, things start slipping, and you end up crying in your bed, deciding to do none of it, and you just watch TV to escape somewhere else. You don't have to raise your hand, but does anybody resonate with that? Like, that, that seems pretty accurate. And, uh, you know, and I know we laugh and joke about it, but it can be real. That feeling of, of, man, I'm so overwhelmed. There's so much for me to try to do as a student. I just want to give up. And I'm not a student, and I experience this. It can be so overwhelming to try to pack everything in. But the reality is, if, if all of us only have 24 hours in a day, then the question becomes, how am I supposed to spend my time? That's the question. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to explore uh, this question together. God, thank you for tonight. Thank you that your Spirit's with us. Um, that you've invited us here. So God, I pray that you would give us your wisdom tonight. Help us to know how to spend our time well and what that means. Um, God, for, for this to happen, uh, our, my heart, my desire is for you to increase tonight. And for that to happen, I must decrease. And so Lord, would you do that in the eyes and hearts of, of everyone here? But God, would you speak through me? And as we Open your word where you speak through your word. And Holy Spirit, illuminate the pages of our Bibles. Holy Spirit, do this text, do this talk in us and transform us to live the way you want us to. We trust you tonight. Amen. So in the words of Ted Lasso, today is a gift. That's why they call it the present. It's a great quote. I love that quote. But if today is a gift, and we only have, an, only have a limited amount of time to spend in a day, then again, the question is, how am I supposed to use this gift of time? Now, usually when this topic of time is talked about, it usually turns into a conversation about time management, right? And that's, I get it. It makes sense. It's extremely practical, and we love practical. Just tell me what to do, and I'll do it. And I, but I imagine for you as a college student, you are bombarded by tips and tricks and principles on how to be super efficient with your time, how to say yes to the right things, no to the right things or wrong things. And all that's good. It really is, and it's really important. But I, I don't think we should start there tonight. Actually, I really don't even think that we should spend the most of our time there tonight. Instead of starting at this micro level of your specific daily schedule, what if instead we started at a macro level? What if instead we started with God? What if instead we started with the creation of time itself? What if instead we started with the creation of humanity and the intended purpose of humanity. What if we started there? Because when you boil it all down, I really think at the heart of the question, how do I spend my time? I think the real question we're all asking is, what was I made for? How do I how do I spend my life? What is my life really about? I think that's the question. Because if minutes turn to hours, 
Hours turn to days, days to months, months to years. Then again, we're asking the question, how do I spend my life? What is my existence all about? So let's start there. Let's start at the very beginning in Genesis 1. So if you have your Bible, you can turn literally first page in your Bible, but it's also going to be on the screen. So it starts, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Isn't this interesting? The very first words in your Bible, they relate to time. This is a time stamp positioned first to situate us around God's creation at a particular point in time. But notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say that God was created, but rather he created. What does that mean? What reveals to us the nature of God himself. See, God, he is eternally self-existent and independent. The triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit has existed in all of eternity. Meaning no one or nothing created him. At the formation of his universe, he always was. He is also independent, lacking nothing, needing nothing, depending on nothing, and bound by nothing, including time. You know, all this means that he has existed outside of the construct of time, which I know can make our brain hurt a little bit if we think about it too much. But he's the one that created time. We also see this in Genesis 1. Later on, picking up in verse 3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and he called the darkness night. And there was evening and there was morning the very first day. Later in verse 14, still in chapter 1. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons, for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on earth to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. See, in this passage, all this is just displaying God creating time itself. We see God ordering the daytime and the nighttime. We see him filling the skies with the sun, moon, and stars to mark out the seasons, the days, the years, and to separate the day and night. God is setting the universe into motion, and by doing so, he is constituting and giving the good gift of time. So now, in this context of a time-bound and time-marked universe, God creates humans. God breathes life into the first humans, Adam and Eve. He makes them in his own image. And he creates them out of an abundance of his goodness and and out of his love. 
And God, as he created them, he wanted to share many good things with them, including time. Because when you think about it, to, to say that humans were given the gift of time, that really means that humans were given the gift of life. You see that connection? And their life was filled, meant for purpose and significance. See, God created Adam and Eve with a specific purpose and a specific calling. He tells them how they ought to spend their time in the garden, which is seen in Genesis 2. There's a diagram up here that kind of lays it out as well. They were first and foremost created to know God, to enjoy God, to worship God, to be in relationship with God. But they were also meant for meaningful relationships, meaningful work, and meaningful rest. And as they lived, they were to reflect his image to the rest of the world, spending their time, spending their life honoring God, worshiping God, enjoying God. This is why they were created. But you see, just a chapter later in Genesis 3, they chose another way. Adam and Eve, they, they turned away from God, and they turned away from their original purpose in life. Though they were made in the image of God, they saw equality with God, something to be grasped for themselves, to take for themselves. They said, I know what's best for me. In the garden, they spent their time listening to the serpent, following their own desires, and turning their backs on God. And through their, and through their rebellion, everything was broken. Though they were made for eternity, their time on earth would come to an end. Death was introduced. Decay was introduced into God's good world. And their lives would now become fleeting and momentary because of their rebellion. Life would now be short. You see, many of the Psalms reflect this reality later in the Bible. Psalm 39 O oh Lord, make me know my end, and what is the measure of my days? Let me know how fleeting I am. Behold, you have made my days a few handbreadths, and my lifetime is as nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. Surely a man goes about as a shadow. Psalm 79. He remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passes and comes not again. This is life now. Psalm 144, man is like a breath. His days are like a passing shadow. You see, what we learn from these verses is that our time on earth is now running out. Because once time is spent, we all know we cannot get it back. But not only is time on earth short because of the fall, but because sin entered the world, the hearts of people are now divided and distracted. Though we were made to enjoy God, 
made for meaningful relationships, meaningful work, meaningful rest. Now our hearts, we would, because of our broken, sinful hearts, we would turn away from God. We would turn away from his purposes to lesser things. Because of the broken state that we now are now living in, we would run after a life that does not acknowledge God or worship God. Even though he's the giver of all the good things around us, we would run away. And we experience this today, right? In our own lives, we know the pull of our hearts away from God to other less significant things. And we know and experience an overarching pull away from God and his purposes in our culture. We live, we live in a culture dominated by productivity and efficiency, no matter the cost. It is a rat race. Being busy is almost seen as a virtue that we run around saying, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. It's, like, it's a really good thing to be praised. What happens if, if we, we believe that if we aren't actively doing and producing something, we believe we aren't really living. But do we stop and even consider if we're busy on the right things? See, Bill Gates once said, just in terms of allocation of time resources, religion is not very efficient. There's a lot more I could be doing on a Sunday morning. What do you think about that? Why would he say that? Well, it's because what's often felt is the most important thing in our life is our success, our power, what we can get out of life. Because time's short, you gotta grind. Secure for yourself what you can and beat the rest. We live as if there's no God. Productivity and efficiency, they're the gods of our day. And when you think back on the diagram that I showed earlier, we laughed about, no wonder we feel so anxious and stressed all the time because we just feel like we can't stop. We feel like we just have to keep going constantly, constantly, constantly to keep up with everyone else that are, that's just going, going, going. And even though, I think about this for my own life, even though the pandemic made us have to almost stop everything and slow down, did we learn anything? Did we really become reoriented back on God and his purpose for our life? Or are we still just as busy and frantic and distracted as before. But you see, I'm talking a lot about busyness. There are other things, there are other ways that time is distorted and broken, but I really think busyness is really just a symptom of something much, much deeper in us. The problem of how we spend our time isn't necessarily or primarily about time management or poor time management. I really don't think that's it. I really think... It's about poor worship. We always find time for what's important to us. Look at your schedule. A look at your schedule will show 
what you value most, what you love most. And oftentimes, that's a worship of self, of doing what I want to do when I want to do it, no matter the cost. Because how we are already spending our time reveals to us what we believe about why we were created in the first place. And y'all, I am truly just as guilty of this as anyone. This is not just a college student problem. I remember my junior year of college being struck by this, how much I lived for productivity and getting things done. I mean, it was just like my, my mind was opened up to, I'm living for productivity. But still to this day, even though what was revealed to me then is still, it still dominates my life right now. To this day, extreme busyness can show up in my life as a symptom for my love of control and my fear of the future. That's why I'm so busy all the time. If I could just do things constantly and, and, and to make sure I'm managing everything and putting everything in this place then I can relax. Then I can rest. Then life is good because I've secured for myself what I feel like I need most. And for me, it's not that I'm not equipped with time management principles. I know those. For me, it's about worship. The problem is my worship. Instead of my life being about worshiping God like I was created for, my life often revolves around me and what I want to do, when I want to do it, to secure outcomes for myself. And it just happens to be through busyness. It could be through a lot of things. For me, it's busyness. So if this is our problem, if this is how we relate to time now, what's our solution? If the issue isn't time management, but if it's worship, then what hope do we have? For change. We see Adam and Eve, when they chose to sin against God, turn away from him, their time on earth, like I said, would now no longer reflect what it was intended to originally. Though they were created for a purpose, to love God, to enjoy God, to worship God, they would now experience misplaced desires on their time on earth. And though this grieved God, it hurt God, it broke his heart that this was the case, God didn't start over. God didn't simply turn back the clock and try again. Like I said, God, he, he exists outside of time. So he knew this would be the outcome. But instead, in his good purposes for his creation, God, he would send his son to redeem and restore the brokenness of the world and of humanity. See, Romans 5, starting in verse 12, puts it this way. Sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. Death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type 
of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. As sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I know that's a lot, but that is good news. You see the redemption there? Though chaos and death came into the world through Adam and Eve, life and redemption would come into the world through Jesus. Jesus, at a particular moment in time, came to earth. He perfectly lived out the intended purposes for humanity. Jesus lived his life to honor, enjoy, and glorify God, his Father. Jesus, he had meaningful God-honoring honoring relationships. Jesus gave himself to meaningful God-honoring work. Jesus gave himself to meaningful God-honoring rest. And through his life, his death, his resurrection... Jesus redeems life and redeems time for those who trust in him. This is good news. This is our hope. This is what we call the grace of God. Grace is not a thing. Grace is a person, and it's Jesus. You see, we were originally created for God, and though we turn and we live our, own, our lives for ourselves, for instant gratification, for selfish ambitions, through Jesus, we can be restored back to God's intended purposes for us. Ultimately, we find our answer to why we live in Jesus. We can live for him now. And we're invited to spend our time as he directs us, as he tells us. And even though our time on this earth is short, like the Psalms say, it's a breath. It's a blip. Life isn't over for us. Eternity awaits us. You see, in God's plan to redeem time through Jesus, he gives us the ultimate, very good gift of spending eternity with him. You see, our whole view of time is radically transformed because, yes, though we live on earth for a time, 
our motivation for life, our hope for life is in the next. It's for eternity. What a, what a wonderful gift it will be to be in the presence of God forever. That's the gift. That's how we get to spend our time. That is time well spent being with God. Where time as we know it now, it's just going to be a blip. But eternity with God, forever with God, will be what we know. And so as we close, just to recap, to say that time is a gift from God is to say that your life is a gift from God. And if life is a gift from God, then by his grace and through his spirit working in us, let's live it. Let's live every minute as he intended us to. And so if you're considering tonight the question, how do I spend my time? My encouragement is to start big and then go smaller. As we start big, we... We, we get firmly established on our purpose, which is to live for God. Because as we do that, the rest comes. Dr. Kenneth Boa, he puts it this way. With a well-developed sense of purpose shaped by God's word, all of our activities and our decisions are brought into alignment with God's purposes so that we can achieve maximum effectiveness with the time and the resources that God has given us. You see, efficiency, effectiveness, they aren't bad. But let's make sure we're seeking these things in a way that honors God, that lives for him. And then once we've considered the big picture, let's consider your daily schedule, the micro level. Yeah, my encouragement would be to evaluate your schedule based on the categories I've already mentioned. In your schedule, are you making time for God? He is who your soul needs most. Are you spending time with him? What might be holding you back from spending time enjoying God? Then what about meaningful, God-honoring relationships? Is time with friends and family a priority to you? It's a really good thing to be in relationship with others. Are you spending your time with other people? What about meaningful God-honoring work? You're students, and that's a good thing. There is so much purpose in what you do with your major, with your homework. Are you spending time doing that? That's a way to honor God. And lastly, what about meaningful God-honoring rest? This can definitely include spending time with him, but it can include, include so many other things. What about hobbies? Do you get enough sleep? Do you take naps? Naps can be a really worshipful thing. What about walks in nature? What about anything else that just fills your tank, that you rest well? that helps you rest well and slow down. Are there ways for you right now, I bet there are, for you to take a few hours in a week to just cease striving and be 
Just be. You know, the goal of all this is, is really just to live a balanced life. I think that's what God intends for us, to be whole people. And so by no, by no means am I trying to overly prescribe your daily, weekly schedule. I'm not going to do that for you. Um, but hopefully this is helpful. Hopefully it provides a framework for you. And, and uh, yeah, some of these suggestions can just help you consider how to spend your time. But if, you, if you'd like to talk more after about some of the nitty-gritty specifics, I'd love to do that. Um, but hopefully, hopefully this was helpful. And so as a, as a final note before I pray and we uh, close our time here tonight, uh, I want to read a couple verses just really to, to focus our prayers, to put into perspective how we should maybe think about living as we leave here. So two verses. First, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Alan mentioned this in his first talk. So whether you eat or drink, and whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Then Colossians 3, verse 17. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let me pray. God, thank you for the good gift of time, the good gift of life, for new life that's found in your Son. Lord, forgive us for the ways that we do not use our time well at a micro level, but more so at a a macro level as it relates to worship. Forgive us. We confess that, that we do run after other things. We are no different than Adam and Eve in many ways. But Holy Spirit, you make us new. You cleanse us of the way that we misuse and abuse time. To thank you for your grace. God, help us now. Help us to obey the commands of 1 Corinthians 10 and Colossians 3 to do whatever we do, do for your glory. Giving thanks to you, worshiping you. Help us do that. Lord, we don't know what that means fully, but so would you help us. Thank you for tonight. This is time well spent worshiping you. And we can't wait for the day that we're going to do this forever. Amen.